Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 130. Jim Mallander has announced his squad to take on the Barbars, the Premiership playoff final has been decided, and a few names might still get their World Cup shot. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, I am back from my holiday, and uh, I know you got an episode while I was away. We we pre-recorded our our Barbies team, and uh, and now of course the team's been announced. We're going to discuss all of that and more in today's episode. But first, of course, let's say hi to Dan. Hi, mate. Hi, mate. You, you've been on holiday. I don't think you mentioned that. Have I, have I not mentioned that? But, but no, I don't think so. In, in which case, I should probably mention I've been on holiday. Oh, is, is that why you were um, <laughs> complaining about jet lag? Yeah, because I was in Portugal. The time difference. Oh, mate, yeah, it's a long, long flight. Yeah, long a flight. long, long flight. Yeah, two and a half hours, mate. So, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did you do? Walk there? <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, but I'm back and obviously lots of work waiting for me. But on the plus side uh heading off to twickers on sunday i trust you got your ticket after i told you that it was still available well do you know what i didn't get my ticket because uh, i didn't think much of a team um so, fair, no, fair, I, I, fair enough i don't feel like i'm gonna go and watch england play but um yeah no that, that's not at all it and, and there are some uh there are actually some players who i'm looking forward to to seeing there but it was uh uh, yeah, I, I I think it's a bit underwhelming. To me, this is a missed opportunity in a World Cup year. I agree. I think um, I understand the rules are they need five weeks. You know, anyone involved in the World Cup team needs to have five weeks off um, before they can join a training camp. And the first two training, and therefore anyone involved tomorrow or in the uh, Premiership final will miss the first two training camps. <clears throat> So, so that is a really interesting point, isn't it? Because is it worth? So, so that's another side of the coin from Eddie's point of view. Is it worth giving a? I, I, I don't know. For argument's sake, a Johnny May, it, and not that he would have played, but say it was him. Would it be worth giving him a run out and then having him two weeks late to an England training camp? Where are you going to get more benefit? I would argue potentially the England training camp. You'd get more benefit. Well, I think that's probably exactly the way that exactly where Eddie's head is at. I mean, obviously, <clears throat> as we know, Jim Mallander's taking charge of this England fifteen, as it's being called, rather than <laughs> just England. Um, yeah. And Eddie, hit, by the looks of things, has taken a bit of a back seat. Uh, I'm sure he's still pulling a few strings in the background, but um, do, do you reckon he is? I I reckon he's just wiped his hand of it completely. Well, maybe not. In I think he's probably given Jim Mallander free reign to pick whatever side he wants, but he has to run every name by Eddie so that Eddie can say, "No, you can't have him. I, I want to keep him fresh." Um, and we'll come on to it, but I think that poses an interesting question for one player in particular that we've been talking about a lot recently, that everyone's been talking about a lot recently, and that's of course Danny Cipriani. So, well, which one's he? Is he the? Uh, is he the Northampton Saints guy? Yeah, yeah, the prop. <clears throat> Why am I being a dick today? I don't know. Well, you say yeah. today. You say today. <laughs> I, I, I like to think I am most days. But, you, are, uh, you are, mate. Yeah. Did Did you read what? Uh, thanks, mate. Thanks. Right, Appreciate yeah. it. Did you read what Pat Lamb said about about Danny Cipriani? Well, he want, he wanted him for the bar bars and was yeah, told yeah. no. So yes, you did. Awesome. I, yeah. In answer to your question, yes, I did read it, and uh, it's on the agenda to discuss. But before we yeah. get into the bar bar stuff, because that is the bulk of what today's going to be all about. There were a couple of pretty big games last weekend. 
There's another pretty big one coming up on uh, tomorrow. So we should probably just quickly have a look at those. Yeah, that's good. I, I'm guessing that away, sort of where you were, you didn't get a chance to watch the games. I haven't seen any of them. I am deferring very much to you on this front. Uh, obviously, I kept tabs on, on results. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't see any of the action. So uh, anything you can fill in myself and our users, our users, our listeners. Um, um, that'd be, uh, be great. Yeah, yeah. That'd be, so, so the games itself, then it's going. I mean, it was, it was a Exeter and Saracens masterclass, basically. They just showed how much better they are than every other team in the Premiership. Um, Saracens, to me, just look unbeatable with the caveat of Exeter might be able to beat them. So um, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's and I know that sounds ridiculous, but Saracens at the moment are just absolutely immense. I think Exeter struggled to beat them, but I think they're the only team with half a chance. Yeah. The two right teams were in the final. And what to me is the most interesting part about this is the Saracens England boys, I think I think were brilliant. Um, Atoje looked immense. His... Um, his uh his his dummy for that for I don't know first second try or something was absolute classic schoolboy stuff and it was beautiful to watch. Uh, he absolutely sold the guy down the street. Um, I thought he had an epic game. Do you know one part about that game also that looked great to me? Liam Williams try. Um, now Danny Cipriani to me did not have the best game, but I don't think he was given much of a chance. But Liam Williams was getting a try right in the corner. Danny Cipriani, who's often um, sort of slagged off for not being the best in defence, runs and absolutely tries to pile drive. Like he really was committed to smashing Liam Williams and trying to dislodge the ball from him. He didn't manage, but he made a real good effort. And to me, that shows a side of Danny Cipriani you rarely see. To me, that's like another a, a sort of what's the word? Another feather to his bow, as yeah. such. Well, I think it's it's interesting you say that because actually it, one of the things that I've read, possibly from the same article, I, I'm not sure, is that um, Eddie Jones has been to watch Danny, Cipri, Danny Cipriani play live nine times this season. Okay. And you don't do that unless you're interested. Now, maybe, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, what's Eddie saying behind closed doors that we, the public, don't know about. Maybe he's been talking to Danny Cipriani on a regular basis saying, you know, I'm aware of your strengths. Um and you know they're all they're all great. Here are the areas that I think are your weaknesses with regards to playing for in this England side. They're the things I want to see you work on, which would explain why he goes to watch him because he wants to see how he's developing in those yeah. areas. Um, I, I hope so. Yeah, I, I hope did. so. Yeah, well, I, I hope he's saying, Danny, you're you're a great player. Just stop being such a pussy. Maybe, maybe that's why he tried so hard to make a big tackle. Yeah. But that's a good point because we give Eddie a lot of stick for not picking him. And um, but, like you say, I, I he has been to watch him a lot. It's not as if he's just completely dismissed him and you, you know ignored him. So I would be, I would actually now, whereas before I'd say the other way. Now I'd be surprised if Danny wasn't involved in the wider World Cup squad at least. I, I, I yeah, I would, I would too. I think, I think what what's been revealed with regards to. The, well, the fact that Cipriani wasn't selected for this team, which you could argue is because this team is very much focused on the future. The fact that, that um, Pat Lamb wanted him for the Barbars and was told you can't have him, he's not available. Well, he is available uh, unless he's being held back for the World Cup 
training squad. It'd be a bit weird if he's not part of that that training squad. <laughs> having mug having on, been it? told, you know, you can't have him for the bar bar. Like, why would you not be able to have him for the bar bars in that case? So yeah, yeah. I think it's looking pretty likely that he will be involved in the training squad. The question is, is he is he number two or number three? You know, where does George Ford sort of slot in uh, in the fly half department for Eddie Jones? You know, or does Eddie see? You know, George Ford is a fly half, and that's it. Um, yeah. Whereas, does Eddie Jones see Danny Cipriani as potential cover at fullback, for example, which we know he's played in there in the past? Um, and therefore, does you know, does that make for a slightly more useful fly half cover uh, for you know in a World Cup because actually you're not limited to just that one position. So I was listening to that's interesting. I was listening to another podcast. I can't remember which one. I think, I think it might have been Egg Chasers actually, where they were saying. So that's quite interesting. Who do you have? Bear in mind, uh, Alex. Alex Good has played quite a lot of fly half this season. Would you rather have? A Alex Good cover fullback and fly half, or Danny Cipriani to cover fly half and fullback the other way. Because I think what they said from memory, and what I, if, if this is what they said, I agree with it. I think Alex Good is a better fly half, and Danny Cipriani is a fullback. Maybe, but then I suppose. Uh, but they're very different players, aren't they? Do you do you need that much cover? Yes, good point. Because that's I don't the other. Do. I mean, it, it, it depends what the rest of his back three makeup looks like. Because if he's taking um, Daly, what? but he's also taking Watson, um, yeah, Jack Noll, we know can cover at the back. Suddenly, it's like, well, maybe it's you know, maybe it's not quite so important to have the extra player covering fullback. But you know, it's never a bad thing to have a, to have that ability. Whereas at fly half, and again, this depends a lot on where his sort of head is at with regards to George Ford. Um, you know, the other question, of course, is do you take a third fly half? Yeah, I, I it, it's a tricky one. because, And it's interesting you're saying about the back three, because one thing I wanted to pick up on, Jack Null, like, firstly, he's played really well. After the game, when he was being interviewed, he looks, I'm going proper man crush moment at the moment. He looked absolutely immense. He's wearing his top. You can see like a ripped six pack through these quite, you know, typically unflattering rugby tops. And with his tattoos and his beautiful legs, like he was dreamy. But, uh... Dan, you need to stop right there. <laughs> well, and, we need, and we need to move swiftly on. That's what my missus would say when I was watching it. She's like, what, what, why are you so into this? Why are you staring so hard at the screen? I'm like, why are you not? Can you just, because uh, just, I know that our users get a little lost. Um, the name of your missus at the moment? Oh, Heather. <laughs> okay, we we just we hear a lot of names, and you know we're never sure which one which one is at any they given time. They get but... bored of me quickly and like to throw me in, so I, I like to I like to uh, you know, so I needed to uh, do a little so a little, little I say I do a little swapsy. It's it's not necessarily called swap when you get dumped, and then <laughs> fine, no. but no. Uh, Sarah was like, I am sick of you, you're a prick. I was like, touche. Um, and, <laughs> she has a point. And Heather, uh, but what, what, why am I explaining I this? don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't owe you this. Um, Should we but, talk about rugby? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. But going back to Jack Noll. Jack Noll is looking in, and actually I'm going back to the extra game as a whole. Not much talk about the game, extra boss it. 
Jack Knoll is looking absolutely immense on and off the pitch. And a couple of key points I want to go on this thing. Matt Kovacic, Don Armand, I, I don't know what involvement they would. To me, they should be involved somehow in the wider squad. But the key point I wanted to bring up with you and ask you, Dylan Hartley is still injured. Yeah. Is his reputation and what he's done previously, is that enough for him to be involved in the World Cup squad? Or do we maybe need to think? With the likes of Harry Facker, who interestingly was not in the Barbar's team, playing so well. Jamie George being absolutely immense. Luke Cowan Dickey being immense. Uh, the other ex-Hooker, uh, I think, Yandel or Yandel, Yandel, who's their captain, looking awesome. Does Dylan, not only will Dylan Hartley be there, because I think he will, does he deserve to be? Do you know what? It's, it's, it's a difficult one. We, we talked, we've talked a lot over the, the last sort of couple of years about Dylan Hartley's captaincy and his leadership and what that brings to the table. But we don't really know. You know, we're kind of just speculating on the things that we've seen, post-match interviews and stuff in the media. James Haskell has a podcast now. I forget what it's called. Um, and he was talking the other day and he said, you absolutely have to take Dylan Hartley to the World Cup. Um, and the reason was purely lead. I mean, it wasn't purely lead. He didn't say he's not good enough. He, he said, he said, as a leader, you know, there, there is no one else in the England setup who, who is the kind of guy that he is from a le- wow. leadership perspective. Um, and Haskell was saying that, um, you know, he he he'll be your best mate, you know, on the on the fringes. But as soon as he puts his rugby head on, you know, he he has no problem with calling <laughs> you out for what you've done wrong. Uh, he not in a not in a in a negative way, in a positive yeah, way. Yeah. Um, he just said, yeah, he just kind of oozes leadership in a way that no one else in the England setup does. And in Haskell's mind, he's essential to the team in whatever form that would take. Um, so that that was quite interesting. Um, so if, if, if bearing in mind, James Hester's obviously at Northampton Saints, and bearing in mind, this isn't just because we're big fans. If the likes of Haskell is saying that, I think then, yes, you do need to take him because I, I think those are probably the qualities. But actually, especially with what we've seen with England, uh, like in, in certain games, uh, be it the Scotland game, be it against South Africa in the, um, in the last summer or whatever, I am thinking that, yeah, he should be there then. Well, I, I think that's probably what Eddie sees in him. But I think as well, let's not forget, you know, James Haskell, he's not a, you know, he's not a fresh-faced, young kind of, you know, guy just, just getting his start in the game. You know, he's been around a long time. I think he debuted for England in about 2007 or something outrageous. Um, so, you know, he's he's been around. He's got a lot of caps. So for someone like him to be saying that of another player, when he, I guess, would probably consider himself and would be considered as you know, a leader if if he was still involved. Um, it's not just kind of young players looking up to this to this guy. It's it's someone saying, look, I, I've been around the block and I'm still, you know, it, it still amazes me how how valuable his kind of leadership is. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think there's something in that that we again we don't see it as the uh, as the fans looking from the outside, um, and it perhaps goes some way to explaining why Eddie Jones has seemingly stuck by him you know regardless uh, you're right I think in terms of form as a hooker there are better players but then you're, you're going to take three hookers you're going to take three I, th- I think of, of you know all the front uh, row. I, I don't see how you <clears throat> yeah you have to take three hookers so uh, you know whether or not he actually goes as 
the captain or co-captain, so, so, whether so, he goes so, to the starting hooker, I think is something. So who are your separate. three hookers? Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I think that's a really good point, actually, overall from from, from yourself and Mahask. So I'll ask you now, who would your three hookers be? I think the, the three that we, you know, if we're including Hartley, the, the other two, as we would expect, um, would be um, Karen Dickey as the second, probably a second choice hooker. Um, and then Jamie George as the first choice hooker. But, and I think in so, terms of talent, those three, that would be the order. But in terms of... So their I'm, I'm, changing, I'm changing my mind on that a bit. Jamie George, starting hooker to me. Dylan Hartley, for everything that's just been said. I think owns his place. I'm also going. I'm also taking Harry Sacker. Okay. I think. I think he's been the outstanding hooker. Well, um, I mean, a lot's going to come out of the the training camps. I think something that's obviously course. interesting to point out, and this, I think, also if if Cipriani ends up going, you know, being part of the the initial training squad, mm. it'll be an interesting one for him. Is that anyone involved in the game tomorrow? Um, so you know, all of the sort of the big boys at Exeter and Saris. They won't be involved in the first two training camps. They're not allowed to be. So Owen Farrell will not be in the first two training camps, which means that if Cipriani is, and Ford obviously is, there's at least two camps where Cipriani will at least be the second choice. You know, the, you know, And if you assume that most of the training is done competitively, two teams on the pitch, he's going to be, seen, you know, he's going to be doing a lot rather than being the kind of the, the third wheel, which is probably the case when they all get together. Um, and it's very clear, you know, Eddie's saying, you're my number one, you're not my number two, and you just sort of stand over there until we need you. Um, so I think there's yeah. an opportunity for him within the camp to kind of, you know, show his leadership skills. Because I think that's another thing, you know, all the talk about leaders. And Danny Cipriani has become a leader. Um, you know, certainly with what he's doing at Gloucester. And, and I think there's value in that. But um, yeah, so I think it's good for him. But it'll be good for quite a few of the guys, you know, where where their counterparts are busy elsewhere. Um, and Hooker's probably a good example of that because, as you say, Dylan Hartley. I don't know when he's due back from injury. I don't know if he'll be back in time for those for those training games. You know, those initial training. I, I think it's fairly imminent, isn't it? Because there was talk of him potentially playing. So yeah, I think he must okay. be close to. There, there was there. talk of him potentially playing at the weekend. Yeah, so I think, I think he must be fairly close. Fine. So there'll be him. Jamie George obviously won't be. Um, where's Karen Dickey? Uh, he's at Exeter, isn't he? So, so he, won't he won't be. He won't be either. So, so Harry Thacker, who is at uh, Bristol. So Harry Thacker will probably get a, get a, a shot. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I guess Dylan Hartley on the other side. So, you know, that will give us... Give, I think it's valuable for these guys. You know, the ones... It's, it's an interesting one because you've got a lot of players who are... Uh, you know, who are pretty safe, who are part of the Exeter and Sarri squads. Who would you say from those two squads is more fringy and therefore kind of can't afford to miss those two training camps, but it's going to have to? Uh, Lezowski? Yeah. Lezowski? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I think he's a fringe player. Um, possibly Don Armand and Mac Vesic, if, if they're even in consideration. Like they should be. Um, yeah. But they're fringy. I think that's a big one. Who else for Saris Fringe? Perhaps as an Asequoia, um, a Spencer, a Wigglesworth. There's a few actually. There are a few, and this is this is quite interesting because the same fringy players. The reason a lot of these guys are fringy players is because how well they're playing. Now, I everyone says like people tell me not to read into this. Well, I am reading into <laughs> it. I'm bullshit. Last year, uh, last season and things. 
Leinster were immense and Ireland were immense. And because that's a big makeup of their team. At the moment, Saracens are immense and England are now immense. So I think this Saracens, the way Saracens are playing, is a massive reflection on England. I mean, Saracens, a lot of people have said it and I, I can't, I, in my head, I was like, no, but I have no argument against it. Saracens of a professional era, a lot of people are saying, are the best ever club team. I, mean, I, I don't know how to argue that because the reason I don't know how to argue it is because I can't think of one club team in professional era that's been better. Well, and the closest you'd probably come would be Leinster. Yeah, yeah. Northern yeah. Hemisphere. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was some good Claremont sides, some good Toulon sides. Yeah, but still, yeah. to me, Saracens are... Um, Toulouse had, had their day of it. Like the Leicester, the Wasps. Yeah, I mean, Toulon for a long time, actually. They were, they were a bit of a sort of invitational almost it was sort of yeah it was like all bars, the, all it? the superstars yeah. um, headed up by Sir Johnny of Wilkinson Sir Johnny of the Wilkinson <laughs> exactly um, but yeah I mean we well we said I don't know whether it was in the last episode or the, the one before they both recorded back to back but um, you know we said um, how you know we, we were talking about I think what teams we wanted to see in the final and I was saying you know, as much as it would be nice to see a Gloucester or someone come through and, and do something a bit special, um, actually, with with Saris and Exeter, particularly Saracens being so kind of key in terms of the numbers that, that they have in the England setup, um, I kind of wanted them to go all the way because it was just, you know, they'd, they'd obviously been resting some of the big names for the, the these sort of final games, and if they perform well, it just sort of follows them on to to what's next, and obviously in that is the England games. So, do you do you think that's going to be the case? I mean, if Saris go on to because that they're obviously got the, the bigger contingent. If they do win, you know they've won Europe. Yeah. If they go on to win the Premiership as well, is that just a massive boost for those players? And is that only going to be a positive for England? And I guess in uh, the same vein, yes. is it is it the opposite for the Exeter team if they don't win? No, I, so so I think I think especially what happened at the weekend, which is why I quite want Exeter to win. I think Saracens have been so immense that if they lose, I still think they are going into that England camp on the back of an incredible season with incredible players. So I don't think it's a negative for either team if they lose, but it's a massive positive whichever one wins. So yeah. do you think, do you think like, England? Yeah, do you think it's more of a benefit to England if Exeter win or if Saris win? I, I think when you said you said this last time, and I think you're probably right. I think it is a slight more benefit if Saris do win. Just to have that winning mentality. Yeah. Just to have that. I guess as well, the, the, the key players that they have, not just the players, but you know, your hooker, your number eight, your fly half. It's kind of those those part. It's, I can't remember what they called it now. This some some line, isn't it? Hooker, number eight, scrum half, fly half, fullback is considered like a kind of an important. The Maginot line. The what Which line? Was it? Imagine that they was done right. That's a World War Two thing. I'm a World War Two geek, so okay. don't. Uh, to me, that was hilarious. I'm like, oh, oh, oh I imagine no line. A great World War Two, and then I realised actually that's not funny. Uh, I don't know what I know what you mean, but yeah, yeah it's, it's sort of the key positions. Um, the spine of the team. We'll call, we'll call, if it wasn't that, that sounds good. Um, but yeah, Saris kind of have a good chunk of the spine. Um, that that could be right. That that, that sounds right. right. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's important too, and and you know, leaders, you know, whether whether that's you know Billy, obviously, you know, when he has a big game, it's huge for the whole team. It, when does know, he not have a big game at the moment? Well, Billy yeah. is incredible. Um, as long as he stays fit. Um, oh, 
Oh, the, the other thing. Did you see Joe Marlowe's latest comments? No. I mean, obviously, the, the news that he's playing for the Barbars is pretty cool, but what's he saying? But the latest thing, he's like, look, if England need me, if there's an SOS call, yeah, I probably would go. I'm like, oh, Joe, do not tease. Do not tease, my friend. Look, with like, you know, with like injuries tomorrow and things. I. Mako. Mako, yeah, sorry, Mako. With Mako being injured. He said, they don't have a moment because there's plenty, and there is. It's like Gaines, it's Hepburn, Ben Moon, whatever. But it's. I, I hope Eddie saw that, and Eddie's like, Joe. Are you being serious? Yeah. Because do, do we, we think, love you out there. Do we think Eddie Jones would do that, though? Um, yeah, I, I think he might. Because bear in mind that the reason Joe Marler retired from international rugby was because of things like the training camps and the commitment that went with them. So Yeah, but if it's a one-off World Cup... He would have to commit. But there hasn't oh, really and, been... and he would. But you there's only been would. one There's only been one stretch of... I mean, what, what what's he missed since he retired? Just but, the Six well, Nations? He, no, he missed the autism as well, didn't oh, he? Oh, did he? Did he? It before that. It wasn't the end of the autumn that he retired. That's a good point. I can't remember. Yeah. But still, the Six Nations. He'd say he's... he's What I'm saying is the World Cup hasn't suddenly sprung out of nowhere. Like, he's known it's coming. Why didn't he just wait until after the World Cup? Oh, mate, don't forget he's a front row. They're not the smartest (laughs) of fellas out there. He might be like, World Cup? Oh, is that already? Um, I'm sure Marla's quite clever. I hope Uh, he listens to this and then he finds me. I really hope he doesn't. If he he finds me, he will absolutely bury me. It'll just be one hit on top of the head and I'll be Joe, if you are listening, reach out on Twitter. I'll give you his address. (laughs) Thanks, mate. As long as you film it. Um, Okay, well, so yeah, there were a couple of big games last weekend. They they ended the way we expected them to. We've got a big final tomorrow. Um, Who's your money on? Saris. I think it has to be, doesn't it? Uh, I, I, the way Sarri's play, the way I saw them beat Leinster, I I struggle to see. I'm hoping for a massive game, though. Like you know, I don't want to. We, we, the last thing we want is injuries, but we want to see a big physical masterclass in rugby, um, and we want all of them to come off the pitch afterwards and just be like, right, we are rearing to go now. Bring on five weeks rest and then get ready for the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. We, 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 we do want, that's exactly right. We want a massive game, a massive physical game. Brad Barrett's back to Saracens, which is huge. Although Brad Barrett gets injured, his replacement Nick Tompkins comes on and scores a hat-trick. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake, Saracens, can you just calm down? Can you stop being so good? Um, yeah, we want a big game. And and I love the fact, actually, and well done to Damon Hopley, uh, who made, I love the fact that they have to have five weeks off. I think that's vital. And I think that's really going to help um, keep the, the fresher guys for the World Cup. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so, the, yeah, the only last thing on those two games, if anyone has a uh, Jack Noel calendar, please, please feel free to send it to me. A naked Coops, one, yeah? Of course. Coops last year decided to give me a Charlie Sharples calendar. I'm like, Sharples? You get, like, he's a good player, but why don't you just get me Sloth from the Goonies? No, get me Jack Noel. <laughs> Um, but this is turning weird. Don't worry about sending me Jack Noel calendar. I've got one. Let's um, talk about the bar bars because that is the other big thing going on. And there's been a bit of a backlash. Um, and I don't mind admitting that I was part of it when I read the team. I just, it, the, my initial reaction was one of disappointment because we obviously went through our side. Um, and I thought we, we gave it quite a lot of thought. You know, we, yeah, we had, and, we had... and Budgie as well. Like he, he, uh, when he's in his side, actually they weren't hugely dissimilar in a lot of areas. Um, 
But yeah, they went a completely different way, didn't they? They did. But it's important to point out, and I think I mentioned this at the beginning, um, you know, the decision, we didn't know at that time about this five week. I'm sure the, the knowledge was out there. We just didn't find it or look for it. But the five week kind of required rest period makes total sense. Great idea. Can understand, therefore, why you what would be the point in putting players in an England shirt in a Barbars exhibition match, potentially risking injuries, but more importantly, ensuring that they can't be involved in the first two training sessions, which are far more important because that's about, you know, everything, tactics, fitness, game plans, the, you know, it's it's World Cup specific. Yeah. Whereas even if some of them were available um, and were selected for the England side, inevitably there would be a lot of players having to be used that, that weren't going to be part of the World Cup. So you wouldn't have your World Cup group together. So there's not really anything to learn. Do you know what I mean? Like it potentially just complicates things. Um, yeah. when they then got to go and train for, for what Eddie wants out of the team for the World Cup. So I think it, it, it makes sense that he's said, do you know what? Jim Mallander is going to coach the side. He's going to choose the side. I'm sure Eddie was involved in so much as if there were players that perhaps, you know, will they, won't they? Eddie was saying, you can have him or you can't have him. But other than that, you know, he's handed off to Jim Mallander. First question, we've talked a lot about uh, Warren Gatlin and the potential for him taking on the England job. Do we think Jim Mallander is in line? I hope not. I, I, I do quite like Jim Mallinder, but if we're going down that route, please, can we look at Baxter? I don't think he wants yeah. it. No, I don't think he does, but money talks and it's a big job. Um, with Jim Mallinder, I do I do rate Jim Mallinder. Do I want him as an England coach? Uh, I prefer Gatland. I mean, OK, but, but regardless of what you prefer, what do you... Oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't answer your question at all. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry, just, do you think that there's anything in this, or do you think they've simply gone, we no, need there could be, there could be. And... No, 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 there, there, there could well be. Uh, I don't know, I have no idea. It could just be, oh, hey, sport, you're free. Why don't you, uh, why don't you look after these boys for me? Apparently Eddie, Jones, apparently, Eddie Jones is Indian. Yeah. Um, but He's certainly it's... something. I don't know what, what that was, but... Um... But uh, do, do we think... Yeah, I, I think there could be something in it. I, I do, and... I mean, Eddie was saying, like, train up. I think there is a want within the RFU. I don't think it's a steadfast rule, but I think there's a want for there to be England coaches. Yeah. Um, which is, is that a motorbike I can hear in the background? You can, but it's on your end. Oh, is it? Oh, how weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, what, one thing I want to ask you, so we will go through this squad a bit this morning. Like, say disappointed, but actually I do get it and I'm comfortable with it now. Who are you looking forward to seeing play? Because let's that's, that's not piss them out. We're not looking forward to seeing them all play. No. Um, well, I mean, I think top of my list is um, uh, Ben Curry. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 can't, I can't wait to see him play. I'm, I'm assuming he'll be just like Tom Curry. And he's playing at seven. Oh, is he? Yeah, he, well, he's listed down at seven. So, but that's because you've got Alex... Alex Dombrant from Harlequins. I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. Like this time last year, he's still a student at Cardiff, just out on the pitch. Uh, yeah, um, do you not know? I, I, it's, I think it's a shame that they're not playing Ben Curry at six because how good would it be to know that both the Curry brothers could potentially be covering the two flanks? Well, well, we don't know exactly how they're going to line them up. He's listed down as the seven, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. But actually... I've really bought in over the last couple of weeks. I've really bought into your Underhill and Tom Curry as the six or seven. Yeah. Um, which I like. So 
yeah, to me, there's not a huge... So the, the main players I'm looking forward to playing, like you say, Ben Curry, Alex Dombrant, and the other one is um, Joe Marchant. Yeah, Joe Marchant would be good to watch. And obviously, Marcus Smith. Um, in a... I, I don't think he's... Yeah, I don't think... I think he's ruled out of this World Cup. I agree. I think the fact that he's playing in this in this game rules him out, um, which is interesting because I think we've been led to believe that Eddie... And we've and to be fair, actually, we've said a few times that that Eddie's just you you know giving him that opportunity because because he's a playmaker to experience the next level without ever really seriously considering him. Um, yeah. But I'm sure I've I've read somewhere that in the past Eddie Jones has had him ahead of Cipriani in terms of his fly half order, which this would suggest is not the case anymore. Well, uh, if that's the case, Marchman's a great player, but if that is the case, that is ridiculous. I'm sorry, that is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so but it'll be good. I think it'll be good to see him playing where he's probably one of the more well, you you know, regardless of his age, one of the more senior players because of his experience, um, as opposed to being the kind of you know the the what did, what do they used to call them when he select when, what did Eddie call them when he selected him for England? It wasn't it was like an, uh, an apprentice. An apprentice, yeah. He's not in there as an apprentice player. He's actually one of the the more experienced England players involved. Yeah, that, that must be. You must feel a bit mugged off if you're one of the older guys who's been about for a bit, yeah. and then you've got like little little boy coming in, like uh, guys. I'll, I'll let you know how England works. Paul I'm Hill, sure didn't you want that. Paul Hill involved because you you had him down as a potential for the World Cup? Uh, no, I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, uh, Ted. Hill. <laughs> Ted Hill, I want so that that's interesting. The fact Ted Hill's not there makes me think he'll be in the World Cup squad because Ted Hill's still very young. Yeah. Um, and and as they say, this is um future. And Ted Hill would definitely be involved. So I think he's gonna be in the wider World Cup squad. Tim on Harrison. Same, same with Harry Facker. Tim on Harrison, yeah, he's obviously had quite a few shots at the at an England shirt over the last few years. He's got five cats, yeah. Um, but but quite widely spread, I think. I, I think possibly even going back to Stuart Lancaster. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so that's that. I guess that will be an interesting one to see. He's at number eight, um, just to see whether or not he appears like he's got something. It's 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 a difficult one because you look at the team and okay, there's a few players I'm interested in watching, but you are looking at it thinking it's going to be men versus boys, it, like. In theory, the the bar should bar take bar them apart. That team looks awesome. Yeah, um, and you're not... just hoping they've been on the piss so much. Well, yeah, but well, yeah, there's that. But it, you know, it, it, when you, when you play an England side, like if the Barbars play an international side, and the international side is predominantly made up of its first team, they have the experience of having played together and everything else. That's kind of been one of the things. You know, the Barbars is always difficult because they haven't played together before. They've kind of been thrown together for this game. It's kind of the same with this England side. Look at the Barbar. Look at the. Barbar's men. Uh, you've got Piatau, Pekatoa, Navarro, Marla, Afoa, even Horwill, Lowe, man. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that, 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 like you say, that is, that is almost a men versus boys. But I, I don't think that matters. That's good. Give these guys a challenge. The fact is, the reality of this match is it doesn't matter. Like, I, no, I, I don't. No, no, absolutely. I don't see one player there. I like Tim on Harrison. He's had a good season. He's incredibly confrontational. But if, if they're looking at him as an eight, there's too many good eights above him. Yeah. I don't see one player there who's realistically got a shout at the World Cup. 
arguably. Now, I, I actually don't see why. Is, is there? Joe, <laughs> Joe Marchin has a cap, right? No, he doesn't. He's uncapped. Is he? Oh, hang on, sorry. I think yes. And moving seamlessly on, I remember exactly what I was talking about before, and there definitely hasn't been a gap from when my dog was barking. Um, what we're saying, yeah, do you feel... So I'm saying, yeah, Tim Arnold-Harrison, like, he's got a few gaps, he's very confrontational, but I don't see one player there who I think will be involved in World Cup. Is, it, is there anyone there who you think... You said Joe Marchant, he's not gapped. Do you okay. think he's even got no, a half chance? No, I don't think so. I think with... with you know, if you're looking at Joe Marchant as a as a kind of a big centre, you've got Tio, you've got Tuolagi. Um, you know, I'd have uh, Brad Barrett first. Yeah, so um, like, yeah. And Slade, and, and, JJ. You know, on the outside, yeah, you got, yeah. You've got Slade, you've got JJ. Uh, who else have we got on the, for the outside? I mean, they're two big... Lutowski. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I think don't... there are options. I mean, even, even uh, Elliot Daly... As a potential, and as we talked about, when he moves to Sarri's next season, we're, we're wondering if we might see him at thirteen. So, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I don't see this as being, uh, and this is one of the reasons why I think, perhaps behind closed doors, they've said, "Listen, you guys are not going to be involved in the World Cup. This is not even about looking at fringe players because the fringe players are going to be involved in the training camp. That's what the, po- the point of the training camp is going to have a lot. You know, I think we're taking thirty-one men to the World Cup." And I imagine the training camp's going to be closer to 50. So, um, Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. So, yeah, I think these guys, they're not going to, this is all about looking towards the future. It's looking about post-Eddie Jones. Probably another reason why he's not too heavily involved in it. Um, and it's it's just, you know, give, give them a chance to have a bit of a run out. But interestingly, the team we have at the moment is so young across the board, you know, bar a few, that I'm not even sure when, when this lot... Well, there's a, there's a few in here you've got to think, like a, a Josh Beaumont. Yeah, I, I, he's doing all right. Oh, I, I don't see him being an England player of Mac, any... Mako's only 25 or something. Are you sure? Is, is he or, one of those... Mako's 20, 27 and, and Billy's 25 or something. They're both young. Like, it's it's crazy. Yeah, they are, they are quite young. If you get up the ages of the England team... They're, they're, Mako looks 45, but he is still quite young. I think young. 90% of the current England team make the next World Cup. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you're right. So, you know, obviously you, you still need to keep them... Get, you know, they need to be under pressure. So it's, of course, good to have, have guys given their chance and, you know... A Joe March and you know a Marcus Smith, a Tiamana Harrison. Well, maybe not a Tiamana Harrison actually, but you know a, certainly a Ben Curry. You know, give them that opportunity to get out there and have a you know have a go and, and just sort of put put down a bit of a marker. You know, Ben Curry in particular, he, and, and going back to why he's one of the ones I'm most interested in looking at because Tom Curry came from nothing, as in as in he kind of was selected. We didn't know who he was, and then suddenly we were like, whoa. This guy's awesome, and then all of a sudden he's considered one of the most important players in the team. How did he get that good that quickly? It was insane. So, but but is you know is there really that much of a difference between him and his brother? And uh, so well, I, well I, guess, I guess we'll see. Yeah, no, I agree. So Ben Curry, Alex Don Brandt as well. He's had an amazing first season. Those who I think genuinely have got potential England future. Elliot Stook as well in the in the Barrow. I mean, there, there will uh, be players in there who have a potential England future. Because they're they're still young and they haven't fully, you know, developed their game yet. Um, and but they're going to be the ones coming up from behind, trying to trying to push the, the current guys, you know, out of the way. 
Um, and that's great. We want so then what? But they're the ones coming up from behind and pushing. Okay. So well, well, well worded, mate. How old are you again? <laughs> I'm still giggling at that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it is interesting. It's. It, it, I, I feel a bit underwhelmed by it because hundred percent. I, I wanted it to be more, but I, I actually totally get it. And I think I'd have done the same thing if I was in his position. That's exactly the point, isn't it? It makes sense. what the, the team that's been selected or the type of team that's been selected makes total sense in hindsight, having kind of gone through it and digested it a little bit. It's disappointing, particularly as I'm going to be there, but also because, you know, if I hadn't been there, <laughs> you know, we'd have been looking to do a, a live episode and it just wouldn't have, it wouldn't have felt I, right. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the end of the world, but we're not doing a live episode for this one. I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, as same as I'm really looking forward to watching the final um, on on uh, tomorrow, yeah. uh, because I think that'll be a great game. So, yeah, look, it's going to be a good weekend of rugby. Um, how much are we going to learn from it? We'll learn a lot more tomorrow than I think we will on Sunday from the Barbars match, but that's fine. Yeah, I agree. Um, and- yeah, so Sunday is about. It'll be a. It'll be a good day of rugby. It, you know, the women are also playing the Barbars. Um, I think there are six. Six of the women that won the World Cup are playing for the Barbars. Six of the England women that won the World Cup are playing for the Barbars. That's awesome. I like um, that. So that would be quite a good game. So actually, our tickets include access from about ten thirty a.m. until I think there are about four matches on throughout the day. But in the middle, obviously, you've got yeah the women's followed by the men. So. How annoying! So, so, see, this is this is where you messed up. If you'd invited me, you and me would have got there at ten thirty a.m. and probably watched all four matches. Well, we wouldn't Luce, because we'd have got there at ten thirty a.m. You'd have gone on to your second beer, passed out, and woken up at the end of the day. Okay, you'd have watched all four <laughs> matches, and I wouldn't have complained. Luce, as much as she's becoming a rugby fan and becoming quite knowledgeable on it, although Luce, if you're listening, screw you for abusing me over WhatsApp <laughs> when you're on holiday. Um, if um. With Luz, is she going to want to watch all four matches? No, I don't want to watch all four matches either, to be perfectly honest. Oh, I don't sec- know, Dick. Second half of the uh, of the women's things, what we're going to go for. Maybe watch the first half in the uh, in the um, the fan At zone. Quince. Have a few beers. Are, are, are you going to pop down the stoop and have a couple of beers? Like no, because no, no, they've got the fan zone up at uh, Twickers now, haven't they? So you can go yeah, and sort of sit out. And it's going to be like 25 degrees. Oh, of course. Yeah, so, I'm going down the seaside. Shorts and t-shirt. Watch the first half on the big screen with a couple of beers. Go in, watch the second half live. She's oh, never been to Twickenham. Watch the men's game and get the hell out. Yeah, fair enough. On that note, guys, uh, thank you again for tuning in. As always, if you get the opportunity, head over to uh, iTunes, rate us, review us, let us know what you think. Um, I didn't actually check to see if there's been any new uh, reviews, but we'll do all that next week. Um, and uh, and yeah, if you've got anything you want to share, any questions you've got for us, you can uh, you can reach us on email englandrugbypod at gmail dot com, um, or we're on social media at England Rugby Pod, and we will uh, we will share your thoughts. Um, and we'll be back early next week to just sort of digest what happened over the weekend. Um, two, well, one very big game and, and one game that is yet to uh, reveal what it, what it will mean for the future of, uh, of England rugby, but. Um, Until then, until then, guys, um, have a good weekend and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys.